So, I've done this five times now. Literally, the first time ever in the history of me podcasting, I've had to start a show over because I've been debating with someone, and it just so happens to be that, like, as I'm, I, 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 like, I have to text. These aren't like this is a debate where like it's not a text where it's like a, uh, uh, how do I put it, a quick text like hey k or I, I, I would never text k sorry but you get what i'm saying it's not a quick text i can send it's like a very insightful text i have to send back to get the point across and i'm like man maybe i should just record tomorrow but the, the thing reason why i actually had someone ask me this why do you record sometimes on friday nights or saturday morning so early when things still happen on the weekends and i miss it and i said i know it's kind of the frustrating part but it's kind of i could just always record on monday you know i could you know but i think I try to get the show done and uploaded to get my thoughts before I hear anyone else's podcast or before I, I happen to read something, an article that I read. I want to get my thoughts. I think I said this before in the show. It's the reason why a lot of times I'll watch something and immediately record it so that way I don't hear anyone else's perspective. I may pick something up from someone else's perspective later on, but I don't want that to influence my thoughts. Or for me to not be as original as I can be. That's not being fair to myself, not being fair to you guys, not being fair to the new people that we have coming in. So for me, it's just one of those situations where it's more about that than anything. Um, so anyways, that's why I record it. Someone, that's someone, a few people asked me that. But anyways, thank you. Welcome to the show, episode 202. After a historic week last week, the first time I think I've ever done two interviews in one week, we had JT from Big Woo Radio on Monday. Check that episode out. That was episode 199. And then we got the Tennille Dashwood interview, which was freaking awesome. The influence herself, um, who just uh, was a pleasure to work with. And she, like I said, I can't explain enough how... The times I've had interviews with people, like we're on Zoom calls or whatever, I'm recording it, and like, <laughs> like as soon as it's, it's all business, right? It's super nice, but it's all good. It's like there's not much talking before we go on air. After we were talking before we went on air, after we went on air, it was just super freaking cool. Can't say enough about Miss Dashwood. So, thank you for guys for joining us for that, and welcome to this episode. As we're getting back to business, and we get we, and we start off with AEW business, Forbidden Door. Joint pay-per-view, first time ever between AEW and New Japan, June 26th, and the only place it could be held, Chicago. And this is a big deal, because the first time New Japan held a joint pay-per-view with ROH, ROH was cold as can be, man. ROH was so cold. Like, it, even when, and what went cold was when you knew the defections that were happening. When you knew there was not going to be Kenny Omega. When you knew it was not going to be Cody Rhodes. When you knew it was not going to be the Young Bucks. Those were people that they were banking on being there. ROH really was. And they just couldn't do it. And and they had, I forgot, I can't remember the guy who was the, the head of ROH. Um, and not the guy now, the guy that was kind of like in between, the, the middleman essentially. And I remember vividly, so vividly, that like those are the reasons that those guys parted ways so not amicably. And I remember thinking to myself, dang, that, that could have been a bigger show. You know, but always went to that thing cold. Then they put the, their belt on someone who I don't have a problem with at all. But I feel like a lot of people thought he didn't deserve it. And I'm just kind of sitting there like, man, just that could have gone one really that could have gone better. But this time, both products are hot. This time, both people want to see it. You know, and now with we've already been seeing a lot of mixing of New Japan talent 
whether it's been an ROH, whether it's been an AEW, we've been seeing that quite a bit. So now we'll see matches. Like I don't think we're going to see Okada versus Punk. That's going to be for another stage. I truly believe this guy who's been asking for this match for years. He's he is uh, he's been like the, J- the Japan version of fucking Sting, begging for a match with CM Punk for years. We're gonna finally see Go to Sleep versus Go to Sleep as we as we will see Kenta versus Punk. I, I believe at Forbidden Door. That, that, that's the only match that can happen for Punk. Like G, like, Kenta's been begging for this match literally for years. So it's just one of those situations where it's just kind of like this is the time for it to happen. Can you imagine the people we're gonna see on that pay per view? Whether it's Will Osprey, <laughs> whether it's Zack Saber Jr., you know, Okada, like, it's gonna be amazing. I will say this: New Japan is in a, a unique position because they don't have real television over here. You have to you you have to really subscribe to their uh, their, their their streaming service or whatever you want to call it. But to me, they have to do stuff like this. And that's why they, I think they, they play so nicely. And that's why when they have a problem with a company, they're like, okay, cool, we'll just back out. We're, we, are, we already have our fan base. We're trying to build our market over there. But we're not going to. But I do think a big reason why their relationship with AEW is so strong is because of John Moxley. Like Moxley made it known, hey, I can't defend this belt all the time, but I want to defend this belt. I want, I want to put this belt on a, a certain platform. He even lost it in, in, on a dynamite. No, it's Lance Archer, you know, in a big time match. So for me, I just believe that it's it's a, it's it's a lot uh, more um, to come. But you know what? I, I got me thinking about the AWA pay per view, right? I don't remember the name of it, but I remember watching. It was one of the better produced WWE documentaries, and um, at the time, Greg Gagne was doing his best just to keep, you know. Uh, his head above water, and they were trying to do a super show with another promotion. I can't remember the name of the promotion, and my uh, my phone is charging, so I can't grab my phone right now with that. I can do it, I guess. We're not gonna do it. I remember specifically like Vince, like I wasn't threatened at all. And you could not believe it. And I remember Jim Ross saying, two promoters working together, that's just not gonna happen." At that time, it wasn't gonna happen because these these promotions were so ego driven to where like not many people would allow their talent to go in there and lose. Greg Geiger was the world champion. For many years, and he wouldn't lose it to anybody hardly, you know. But I mean, that's that's the infamous pay per view where Jerry the King Lawler felt like Kerry was uh, inebriated before their uh, match, and that's the that's the show where Jerry Lawler, you know, won the AWA Championship. He never defended the AWA Championship, and because he never got paid, he never returned the title. So he still has a title to this day because they were never paid. And uh, and Greg Gagne was known for that though. Greg Gagne was no, not Greg, excuse me, Vern. I keep saying Greg. Greg's his son. Vern was always known for that. Like him not putting the belt on Hogan. He kept doing dusty finishes with Hogan. You know, that's when Hogan finally said, fuck it, I'll go up to New York. And then all of a sudden he was supposedly, air quotes, no air quotes, you can't see me doing air quotes, was going to put it on the belt. I, to this day, I was barely born, if I was even born when that happened. No, I wasn't even born when that happened, actually. I still, even when I heard that story, I heard Greg, his son, told us to tell the story before. I'm like, he was never gonna put that belt on Hogan. He knew what he had. He was just gonna string Hogan along. He was, he wasn't gonna do that. Vern was just too about, hey, I can't trust anyone but me. And you know, it's, there's some credence to that. At the same time, you know what? You made Hulkamania. You want to take advantage of it? Now Vince took advantage of it. Now the, uh, the history books are rewritten. 
Um, but it's one of those things where, to me, I feel like New Japan is not that desperate. Like New Japan wants to work with people; they want to get their their stars on TV, and that's why the the the, the vitriol and the backlash towards this show has been very interesting. When people say they're not building outside their casual fan base, when does WWE build outside their casual fan base? I'm not trying to be funny; I'm being dead serious. Like when, to me, WrestleMania brings out the casuals and the hardcores. That's just what WrestleMania does. And I get WrestleMania is still fresh in everyone's mind because it just happened. Outside of WrestleMania, when do WWE actually reach out and try to not just reach out to the casual fan or the fan that's going to always be WWE? It's hard to do. It's really hard to do. But I don't think either company does a great job of it, though. Like, to me, and this is a complaint I was going to have, I was going to say for later in the show, but to me... Like, AEW runs through their gimmicks so fucking much. Like, we didn't need another Texas death match. We just had one. We've literally had three in the last seven months. Because wasn't it just last year? Yeah, because it was just last year, last summer, when uh, Moxley lost that uh, United States Championship in a Texas death match. Um, we don't need another lap. We just had a match of the year contender between Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship in a ladder match. We don't need another ladder match. Like, it's too soon. You know, there's other gimmicks you can do, or you can just have regular matches. Now, if you want to make an excuse for AEW, it's the only excuse you can have is the fact that... Is the fact that <laughs> the only excuse you can have is there's four pay-per-views a year, they have to do this type of stuff. I get it. I do. And you can't just have regular match after regular match. I, it's a no-win situation. Either you have WWE type stuff where you have too many pay-per-views or you have too little pay-per-views and you have to make some TV shows feel like a pay-per-view. I get it. I do. But they do run through their gimmicks often. You know, so this can spice things up. And this can also actually help them bring in more New Japan fans. Because now, what, how many how many wrestlers actually go over to Japan or have been in Japan? Some people have not gone over there since the pandemic. And so some people are still like, hey, I don't want to get stuck over there for reasons, blah, blah, blah. So now New Japan fans will buy this. And now they'll, they'll then become noticed to people like Scorpio uh, Scorpio Sky. People that they don't know. I, I'm, and I'm just saying his name. But I don't know if Scorpio Sky's ever been overseas. What, what about Warlow? You can feature him in that. Hell, MJF. Like, they're going to branch their fan base out. And that will get people to say, oh, this AEW thing's kind of cool. You know, I know AEW is going to be available on New Japan World. I believe it's already started, or if it hasn't started, it'll start in a couple weeks. But it's one of those things where it's it's building out. But neither company is great at it. <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, sometimes you can just give your your casual or your, your hardcore audience what they fucking want. You know, like WWE has to be backed into a corner to give people what they want. Last SummerSlam, they were backed into a corner because... Everything became, everything just became real. Punk, Brian, everything just became so real that they were like, oh shit, we have no deal with Brock Lesnar. Because he also, remember, he considered himself retired. We have no deal with Brock Lesnar. Let's just do, 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 make this happen. So anyways, yeah, um, it's, I, I think it's a big deal. I'm going to look, I'm not going to go. That's, that's just, that's just crazy talk. The scalpers are going to be out and about. Those tickets are going to be like 800 bucks for a, no, a nosebleed seat. I'm not doing that to myself. Um, I will watch it on pay-per-view, though, for sure. So that's the big news of the week of AEW, wrestling in general. Uh, Jack Evans will not be resigned by AEW. 
Um, not really a big surprise there. I don't remember the last time I saw Jack Evans on TV. I mean, and I, I'm not counting Dark. I don't remember the last time I see him on Dynamite or even Rampage. So there you go. Dynamite. CM Punk defeats Dustin Rhodes in a... I thought it was a good match. I thought it was good storytelling. I liked how there was a lot of Bret Hart moves there. Um, the pink and black trunks he wore. Um, I thought it was a great match. You could tell something that Dustin really wanted to do. And I think he even said he wouldn't check check that match off his bucket list. Because um, I don't think those two ever wrestled against each other before. And if they did, I don't remember. It, it had to have been as, when he was as gold dust in WWE in the... In 2010, 2011, but I don't remember a match on TV that happened. But this was a good match. Then afterwards, Punk is signaling for the World Heavyweight Championship. And what do you know? You ask, you shall receive. That is clearly the match you're heading to. Double or nothing, Hangman and Page versus CM Punk. Not officially announced, but that's clearly where they're going here. Blackpool Combat Club defeated Lee Moriarty, Brock Anderson, and Dwayne Martin in a good match. This is they're they're pushing this group, and I'm super excited. And Willie Uters, they're still chanting his name, so not wrong there. Wardlow defeated the Butcher. MJF has hired Lance Archer to fight him and try to take him out. I love the scene where you have MJF handing Jake Roberts money. Jake is saying, "This is what it's about." This is what's about. Archer comes and says, I don't want no goddamn money. Those are money down. I don't want to fight. Blah, 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 blah. And then you see Sean Spears in the background. Pick the money. Let's get the money back, homie. You know, so it was so funny. But speaking of world, though, now the rule is he can come into the building, the arenas. But when he comes into the arenas, he has to be surrounded by security and in handcuffs. Before he gets to the ring, he'll be uncuffed. And after he gets off the ring. Here's my thing. Are those handcuffs going to come back to bite MJF in the butt at double or nothing when they clearly are going to have a match? I get the feeling that's what's going to happen. But that's just me. Maybe maybe, maybe my fetch hopes. <laughs> um, Kyle O'Reilly defeated Jungle Boy to, to qualify for the Owen Cup. Hook makes his dynamite debut beating, um, I forgot his name. But he's definitely a jobber right now. I didn't want to call him that, but I forgot his name. Uh, with the Taz mission. Afterwards, Danhausen says, you don't want to be cursed by Danhausen. We will fight Danhausen. This place went fucking crazy. I was surprised at the um, reception to that. I was like, okay. But this makes sense. This makes it's, this makes sense. He's been trying to curse him for weeks. And now, you get, now you're going to get hooked. Maybe we get this. Maybe we get this a double or nothing. Maybe on the pre-show, you know, a quick match to uh, just keep putting hook. Up. Hook is clearly going to be hook is clearly lined up for a TNT championship match and a TNT championship win. By the way, he's just super over. People love this kid, and I, I like his demeanor. So uh, it's pretty awesome. Kazarian is on a win streak. Did not know that. And then all of a sudden, Scorpio uh, Kazarian looking for a TNT championship match. And uh, Scorpio Sky, two of history, former tag team champions, the first ever AEW World Tag Team Champions, by the way. Uh, Scorpio Sky came in and said, hey, I, I, I have no problem with you, um, but I need a favor. I asked you for a favor when I was lost a few years ago. That's how we created SCU. I need one more. I need my rematch. I promise you will get the first title shot after I get my title back. First of all, that was, one of, that was probably the most uneventful TNT championship run of all time. Um, and that's me, and I, and I will put that up there right there. That, along with Cody Rhodes' third championship reign, uneventful. Um, now, now apparently plans had kind of got tweaked, so maybe Cody wasn't, I don't know, Cody was supposed to win either way. So anyways, it doesn't matter. Either way, this week is a ladder match. 
Speaking of gimmicks, that's exactly what you said. Uh, between Scorpio Sky and Sammy Guevara, I would have to assume Sammy Guevara is going to keep the belt. Um, but I, that kind of sucks, the fact that he had the most uneventful over a year long win streak just to lose a TNT championship in his first title defense. Uh, whatever reasons. So anyways, at this, uh, after this, you have uh, Tony Khan. With the hair of New Japan making the announcement of the pay-per-view. All of a sudden, Adam Cole and Jay White come out and say that the undisputed elite in the Bullet Club will take over the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. So I'm looking forward to seeing what everyone has in store for this show. And Darby Allen defeated Andrade in a coffin match. At the end of the show, during the dark stuff, uh, Tony Khan did announce that the AEW video game will be called Fight Forever. So that is true about that rumor as well. Super dope. Looking forward to that game. And no, I have not opened up WWE 2K. I just haven't had the interest in doing it. I have no clue why. I just haven't had the interest. But I have not. But I have the game. Um, next week, we will see Dax versus Cash in a Owen Hart qualifier. That's going to be one hell of a fight. I would have to say, I would have to assume Dax is going to win. Um, but this is going to be a hell of a... I love how these guys are just so over right now. And these guys are just, just having match after match. And these guys probably said, we had classic matches with the Briscoes, Bucks. Let's have a classic match with each other. It's just... It's, I love it. Speaking of FTR, WWE. I saw this and I laughed immediately. I laughed so hard. WWE has apparently some interest in bringing back FTR. Yeah, I bet you do after the week they... After the two weeks these two have had... I bet you do, but I this this is one group I can definitely see only coming back for the Hall of Fame induction. They have so much freedom now to do what they want to. They are literally in. They have promo, they have promotions, belts, and three different t- promotions. I said that completely wrong. They have p- titles in three different promotions, or or will excuse me. So I'm like, like they they're not gonna be able to do that in WWE. I just don't see. It. I don't. See, I I know people say don't say never in a these two. I can for sure say never. Like, I just don't see it. Rampage. Adam Cole qualifies after defeating Ishii for the Owen Hart qualifier. When are we seeing these fucking brackets? Like, show the, fuck the qualifiers. Show me the brackets. Like, what, what are we doing right now, right? Eddie Kingston defeated uh, Daniel Garcia. Lance Archer defeated Serpentico, so they put him over before his big match with... Uh, Warlow and Jay Cargill retains her TBS championship going 30 and 0 after defeating Marina Shafir. SmackDown, let's hit WWE real quick. Raquel, well, let's say Gonzalez, Raquel Rodriguez to debut wrestling wise next Friday. And for you guys who are wondering, the reason why all these name changes have happened is because Vince McMahon sent out a memo. He no longer wants anyone else using their real name, probably because they can't trademark it. I'm pretty sure even though they tried, it was illegal. That's why I'm curious about what trademarks FTR gave away. Because they weren't using their real names anyway. But I feel like when you can't trademark real in people's ne- people's real names, but I feel like that's if you even try to do that, that's kind of illegal, right? Like giving my name away, Ryan such and such, right? Like I don't think like didn't you own all the trademarks they ever do for their life? And that's kind of like weird. Right? Anyways, I, I, but anyways, no more real names. So that's why all these name changes are happening and reasons. Matt Riddle defeated Jey Uso to have a clean sweep over the Usos as RK Bro have the momentum going two weeks away from WrestleMania Backlash into their huge unified championship match. Sami Zayn 
makes an offer to Roman Reigns. He says, I acknowledge you if you acknowledge me with help. So next week is supposed to be a steel cage match between Sami Zayn and Drew McIntyre after their lumberjack match. Somehow turn into hell and and uh, Sami Zayn up walking out. Uh, so next week, I don't think that cage is going to keep Sami Zayn in either. That, that I don't I don't see that happening. SmackDown will take two episodes uh, today before the European tour. So those that SmackDown next week will not be a live show. I'm sure you might be able to see spoilers on it eventually, supposedly. Alexa Bliss. Speaking of Alexa Bliss, we just got married. Congratulations to her. She apparently told Vince McMahon, apparently told Vince McMahon to his face. She was not happy with the creative. I saw this and said, this is funny. Because just, what, two months ago when she was on television in those therapy sessions, she tweeted out, hey, guys, wait till the very end. Have you guys noticed whenever a talent in WWE says, hey, guys, let it take its course. Wait it out. Those are the same ones that come out and are always complaining about the creative later, even if it's behind closed doors. I just think it's funny how, I mean, how can she be happy with the creative, dude? She literally took a Fiend gimmick that she probably thought worked best with the actual Fiend. And then she was just going on with dolls and stuff like that for reasons. Then they brought her back for one match just to get pinned. And that's it. Really strange how, if you look at the last two years, two of the most over and talented women in, in WWE have been just healthy scratches from WrestleMania. WrestleMania 37, Bailey was a healthy scratch doing interviews with the Bella Twins. This year, Alexa, she didn't get married till just two weeks ago or this past week. She could have been at WrestleMania. A healthy scratch. This is crazy to me. It's so bizarre. But I thought that was very interesting there. WWE has not fined talent in years over weed i bring this up to bring up another point that's a funny story but apparently randy orton had a lot to do with that which i think is pretty cool but this at least into this next story rvd tells a story about how apparently when he got the call to be asked if he wanted to do the wwe hall of fame michael hayes told him a funny story he said that yeah when he was suggested to be in the, in the hall of fame vince said man that's a great idea too bad he's already in the hall of fame and Michael Hayes said, no, RVD is not in the Hall of Fame. He said, he's not? Well, let's put him in. First of all, this is his Hall of Fame. He doesn't even know who's in it. So if you, for all you people who are always taking this Hall of Fame way too seriously, know this. The owner of the company of a billion-dollar conglomerate doesn't even know who's in their Hall of Fame himself. Right there, that's it. Kushida leaves WWE. His deal has expired. So, it means he's a free agent as of right now. I would have to assume he's, we're not going to see him back. You know what? I got the feeling, because he debuted even under even under Triple H's uh, tenure there. I got the feeling he never knew what to really do with him. He had a great match, with a great, great, match, great, match, great feud with Johnny Gargano. That's That speaks for itself. But I got the feeling they just never knew what to do with him. And, like, he just didn't, he just looked so out of place, even in NXT. And I, say, I don't say that about a lot of people, but, like, he looked out of place in NXT. You know, you could say that about, hey, if, if, I, if I was there, people say, Samoa Joe didn't look right in NXT. Well, it's because you know what he's done before, right? And you knew NXT was developmental, right? 
However, I never felt that way about anybody until I saw Kushida. Like, this just feels off. You know, I don't know. So either way, hope he's happy. Hope he's just ready to you know move on, move forward, and be blessed. So congratulations to you, my man. Make your money, get your bread. Tammy Stitch is being sued over that accident she had. I don't know what they're suing her for as far as like money-wise. I think she's broke. So, you know, God bless them. You know, I guess they want justice some other way because uh, they're, 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 you know, their family's dead. So I guess you have to get justice some way. But uh, it won't be money. You know, that's for sure. Let's hit Raw up. Raw. Rhea finally does it. She finally goes heel, which we saw coming. Rhea and uh, Liv lose clean. Rhea took the pin. Then complained to Liv that, hey, I was there for you. Why weren't you there for me? Liv tried to be the bigger person doing air quotes again. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fight with you. We're friends. We don't fight. And Rhea said, "Yeah, we we're gonna fight." And she and she beat her down, gave her the pump handle slam, and uh, left out. And so looks like we're about to see a changing of the guard. I think this is the first time Rhea's been heel in WWE. Like I don't think she was ever heel in NXT, and she definitely has not been heel in the main roster. So let's see where this goes. Theory is your new United States champion. The only thing I can say is thank God. He's been pinning, he's been pinning for poor for poor Finn Balor for weeks. Finally, there's just some mercy killing here. Jesus Christ. Finally, it just was over. You know? But uh, congratulations to Theory. Uh, bigger and better things for him. They see a lot in him. The fact that Vince McMahon's out there on television every week now with Theory is a pretty big deal. This reminds me of the Drew McIntyre, early Drew McIntyre years when Vince was out there and just calling him the chosen one and shit like that. Or was the chosen one? I know it was a Jeff Jarrett thing. He, he was he was a chosen one essentially. Ezekiel takes a lie detector test. Here's my thing, right? I, I think this is all entertaining with uh, Chad Gable, Kevin Owens. Um, obviously, this is leading to a match between Owens and Ezekiel. Um, Owens should not be losing that match, even though I get the feeling they they're going to want to make Ezekiel win his first match, but he shouldn't be losing that match. Just he just may have vented with Steve Austin for God's sakes. Yeah, you know, that's something you shouldn't be doing, but. They, they want to make a new star. And people see and the memes of Ezekiel. Ezekiel's the kind of guy that will bar, give you five bucks. You try to give it back. He says, hey, give somebody else a knee. Like, I appreciate those. But, um, yeah, I just don't see that happening. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I don't think it should happen. Excuse me. Well, anyways, uh, Seth Rollins has surprised for, uh, Cody Rhodes. He says, hey, since uh, I didn't know who my opponent was, uh, you, it's only fair that, you know, you have a match tonight with someone who you don't know who it is. Rhodes accepts. And out comes Kevin Owens. And that match ends when uh, Seth Rollins says, get your fat ass up. Owens says, cool, this is your fight, not mine. Rhodes wins by countout. I would have to assume this is going to be a trilogy of matches. And uh, Rollins is going to win this match at WrestleMania Backlash. I would have just have to assume that. And final notes of the night, or of the day, ugh, listen to me. GCW and IWTV have reached a settlement where GCW will owe them no money. And owns all their footage. So for you GCW fans, uh, it's a uh, shout out to you guys. Like, like you guys will still have a uh, quality control. So, anyways, that is your show for this week. Kind of a weird way to end, but um, I didn't know where else to put that news because it was the only random news I wrote down that wasn't WWE or AEW related. So I was kind of like, I'll just leave it to the end. Fuck it. Um, so, anyways, this week you have episode five review of Moon Knight, and then also Sunday is the first. I believe it's this week, right? This is the first, gonna be the first 
of the of the year of the year of the month. Uh, so you have your first comic book of the month. And matter of fact, let me look at this because I I think my no it is yeah next week uh, your first Sunday. So you actually have uh, more content this week. That's already uploaded and done by the way. So super excited about that. I would love to. I would love your feedback so much on it. Um, so anyways, that is the show for this Monday. Enjoy enjoy your week. Enjoy the show on Wednesday and Sunday. I will talk to you guys next week or Wednesday.